ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my woman. When I was a little girl, we would go for Chinese food every Sunday night with my grandparents. And I have no idea why, but this particular Chinese restaurant, Hao Cao in Oak Park, Michigan, all the love to you, served these enormous white bread rolls. And every single week, my grandparents would put those rolls in my grandma's purse. And every time we went out to eat, we'd take sweet and low packets. And I remember being a teenager and super embarrassed about this. And it was really only once I got to be older in college, in my later teens, in my 20s, that I really understood my grandparents were Holocaust survivors. And even though I had heard about the Holocaust my whole life in Hebrew school and when you're Jewish, you hear about it. My grandparents didn't talk about their experience. My grandfather never talked about the fact that he lost his parents in concentration camps. And when he came here to the United States, he never saw them again. And he was young. He was a young man. And so, of course, my grandparents took the sweet and low packets and took those white rolls. Of course. They reused tea bags. And listen, I've tried. They reused them like three times and I've tried and they have zero flavor on the third time, right? But of course they did. I love my grandparents so much. They're no longer with us. And so I'm just, I'm sending you so much love. I love them so much. And from them, I learned the value of money. I learned to save money. I learned that you've got to keep it once you have it. I learned hard work. I learned purpose. These were people who came to the United States with nothing and they built a whole life and they became so active in their community and synagogue and had jobs. And it was like so incredible. And I learned the importance of purpose over profit. And it was like, I learned all of that from them. And I also learned that money is scarce. They've got to hold on to it. I also learned that there's a lack. We always need to be looking for where we aren't going to have more money. And then you pile on top of that, that I grew up in a very wealthy area, not where my grandparents lived, but the suburb I grew up in about 20 minutes away was so wealthy that in the high school yearbook, there was a spread, the top 10 cars in the parking lot. Like I can't make that up. The top 10 cars in the parking lot. And even though I never wanted for anything in my life, when all the other girls got guest jeans I got a pair of guest jeans. They got 20 pair and I got one and I begged my mom, please, can I have more? Or when it came time to take dance lessons, I got dance lessons. I went to the Jewish Community Center, the JCC for dance lessons. But the other girls in my school went to someone named Miss Barbara and it sounded so fancy, Miss Barbara. When it was time for winter vacation, my family drove down to Florida, which is amazing My mom has told me stories that we would all be on the monorail at Disney World. And we were little. I was like eight. And my parents would look over our heads and whisper to each other, 
How are we going to afford this? How are we going to pay for this vacation? And so it's incredible that they took us on vacation every single year. But the kids I grew up with, they took cruises every Christmas. And then they would go to Aruba or Bermuda or the Bahamas or somewhere that sounded super fancy on spring break. And so I had this juxtaposition and all this stuff around money. And I wasn't even aware of it. I knew I was all about purpose. I knew I wanted to make a difference in the world. I also knew that, you know, I wanted a nice house. I wanted to live in the way I grew up and all of that. But I wasn't aware of the deeper stuff I had around money until I launched my own business, until I launched Purpose Girl and said, I'm going to leave corporate and go after it on my own. But I was so afraid to leave corporate because I was so afraid that then I wouldn't have any more money. And so today's episode of the podcast is all about money. And look, I think it's really weird that I am talking about money, right? I am here to empower you to go live your dreams, to be your most joyful self, to be your most alive, your biggest, most vibrant self. So why the F am I talking about money? It might seem so trite, or it might seem so triggering, or it might seem so ridiculous and dumb. But I've realized that a massive thing that's holding women back, it's one of what I call a power leak, right? We leak our power. Women are the most powerful force on the planet. We give birth to every human alive. We care for each other's children. Women are the ones at the front lines of all the marches, regardless of whether it's for your own race, your own gender, your own, and whether AIDS and HIV have affected you. It was women who marched for rights for HIV and AIDS patients. Conscious women save this world. And so we are the most powerful force on the planet, but we have all these power leaks. If you could see my hand right now, I'm like flicking away. It's as if there's power in my hand and... You know, like when you do a fist bump with somebody and at the end of the fist bump, I'm teaching this to my son right now, you know, you fist pump and then you go, right? And you like do that big opening of your hand. That's what I keep doing with when I say power leak, because it's like you have all this power and you just leak it. Almost like a faucet that has a drip that won't go away. Drip, drip, drip. As if you have a pool of water and there is a steady drip. And that with a million interactions a day, a million thoughts a day, you are leaking your power. Leaking your power when you hear about one of my retreats or a friend of yours says, let's go have a girl's night. Or you want to get yourself a massage and you think, I can't can't afford that or I can't spend money on myself. I've got to save all my money for my kids. Drip. Or you might have a power leak around how you treat your body. I'm so fat. I'm ugly. Oh, I can't get rid of this baby weight. I hate myself. Why do I have those wrinkles? Oh, my gray hair looks so ugly. Drip. Drip. That's a power leak around your body. So there's power leaks around money. There's power leaks around your body. You might have a power leak around your sensuality because you heard your whole life that it wasn't okay to be a sexual, sensual woman that your body was bad and wrong and shameful. And so you see another woman who is showing off her curves and in your mind, you can't even help it. Maybe you call her a name or you think, oh, she thinks she's all that or she's a slut or you yourself feel some shame. Drip. And so I will be covering all of these power leaks 
I'm just realizing as I am riffing on this today with my intention of really focusing and talking about money, I am bringing up power leaks and that's a really good topic. So I will be talking about power leaks in a future episode. So that's just a teaser. But every time with every negative thought that we have about ourselves, with every self-deprecating thing that we say, with every time you say you're sorry for existing, I don't mean sorry when you genuinely hurt a friend's feelings. I'm saying you walk by someone in the grocery store and you say, I'm sorry. Like, why are you saying you're sorry? If you bump into their cart, okay. But if you just walk by. So each of these is a power leak. I will be talking about them. But today I want to focus in on what happens with money. And before I continue, I want to share something super exciting that's going on. This episode is brought to you by the Living on Purpose Guide. This is the guide if you've been questioning, what do I really want in life? What am I here for? What are my dreams? What do I want to go after? What's in my way? The Living on Purpose Guide is for you and it is free. To get it, go to PurposeGirl.com and sign up right near the top of the page, PurposeGirl.com. It's totally free and you will get it delivered and you can start working through specific questions to help you through it. Again, go to PurposeGirl.com. It's totally free. So let's talk about money for a moment. So my response to having this experience with my grandparents and this experience of growing up in this area that I did was, I don't need money. Money is bad. Money makes you a brat. I don't want money. Purpose is more important than money. There's not enough money. I got to save all my money. I can't spend my money. It's bad to want it. No, 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 no. And then I became all sanctimonious, right? Like, I'm better than those people who want money. I'm better than those people who have BMWs in the parking lot. I'm better than the other kids who have a Porsche. I'm better than those kids who were born with all this extra money. Like, I really, it was like a coping mechanism to think I was better than them. But then when I wanted to leave corporate and wasn't doing it because I was afraid, I couldn't make money on my own. No one ever taught me anything about how to make money or how to invest money. My mom taught me how to save money, which was incredible. Thank you, mom. That was a great gift. She taught me how to save money. She taught me that every time I waited tables, which I did throughout college, because my parents had me pay for some of my own activities, I had to pay for my sorority, I had to pay for my books. And it was great. I might have been frustrated at the time because other kids didn't have that. But the fact that I had to pay for some things on my own meant I really valued those experiences. I needed to pay for a class trip to France. My parents didn't pay for it. So I raised the money. How did I do that? I made the money waiting tables. And my mom would teach me to put money away every night after I waited tables, go to the ATM, put the money away in the bank before I went out to the bar with my friends. It was great. So I learned a lot of wonderful things about money, but I also learned that money was scarce. It's going to go away. Reuse your tea bags, all of that kind of thing. And this is really important because if you want to stop leaking your power around money and you want to start earning more money or you want to start saving more money or you want to start having more money for you to do the fun things that you want to do or for you to be able to leave your job and to go out on your own or whatever it might be, or you want to be able to save more money for your kid's college, in order for you to do that, we have to get into a right mind around money. Now, that might sound ridiculous. Like, why do I need to do that? I just need to make more. I just need to save more. The reason for that is from an energetic perspective, right? Energetically, the law of attraction says that we attract what we're thinking about. And if you have this love-hate relationship with money, right? I did a free masterclass a week or two ago, and I asked all the women there what they currently think of money, what their relationship was. And the answers I got were fractured, love-hate, push-pull, 
Sometimes I have it, then I don't. I feel like I can't keep it. It's going to go away. Money doesn't grow on trees, right? It was like all these deep-seated beliefs. And by the way, if you want to come to my free masterclasses, go to my website, karenrockine.com or purposegirl.com, and you sign up to get my newsletter. And that's how you'll get my newsletter. And you'll find out about all the free classes I do. I do them all the time. Free classes on relationships, free classes on love, free classes on sex, free classes on joy. All the time I do different free classes. So you want to make sure you're getting that. So when you start feeling into this conversation around money, now listen, I wouldn't have thought I'd be somebody who would be teaching about money or be talking about money. And that's exactly why I'm doing it. Because I firmly believe that when conscious women have more money, we're going to save the world. We already save the world with marching and raising our voices. When we can start raising dollars and start contributing financially more to being sure that our kids are not trafficked anymore, that guns cannot be in schools anymore, that every child gets to eat. Because the fact of the matter is that we don't have a money shortage in the world. There is plenty of money in the world. We have a distribution issue. There is not a money issue. There is a distribution issue. In the United States in 2022, there were 735 billionaires billion with a B, buh-buh, billion. About 13% of them were women. 13%. That's it. Right? So when we look at climate crisis and we wonder what is happening here and everybody's telling us to recycle and we're working our tushies off to save every single takeout box and we're working so hard to say, don't throw that in the garbage. Big corporations, and I don't want to say all men are doing this because there are many beautiful, divine men, many beautiful, divine women who are in charge of corporations. But it's like if we want to really change the world, we're going to have to get more conscious women who are leading the world. And that's you and that's me with whatever your idea is. And if that sounds too lofty, it begins with each and every one of us following your own dream, writing that book about your sexual assault so that other people, other women can say, oh, my gosh, me too. Okay, I can start to heal or you opening your own business, or you switching into nursing, because that's what you've always wanted to do, or one of my clients who's always wanted to have her own business, but has been afraid. But she doesn't believe in the company values. And so she wants to do very similar work in consulting, but in a way where her values are in integrity. And so this, these are the changes that each one of us makes. And this is why it matters around money. If we want to look at millionaires, because that feels more achievable, or maybe for you it doesn't, and I totally get that too, and I'm going to talk about all the aspects of money and, and the different ways that we can start thinking about money and the ways that we can start earning and saving money. But if we want to think about millionaires, not billionaires, this one is a little bit more complicated. And the reason it's more complicated is that experts can't agree. Experts do not seem to agree on how many of the millionaires in the United States are women. Zipia.com finds that 33% of the millionaires in the United States are women. CNBC reported that it depends on the study that a recent survey near me in Bryn Mawr, Bryn Mawr College found 45% of American millionaires are women. That's awesome. That's almost half. But a private bank found out that it was 15% of American millionaires are self-made women. So the numbers seem to kind of be all over the place. 
And regardless of the numbers, what we know is this for sure. It's less than men. And race is another huge gap, right, where our black and brown sisters and brothers proportionately make up way less of the millionaires and billionaires compared to population. So we've got massive work to do. And I believe that it's conscious women who are going to change this for everybody. I really believe that. And so it's important for us that we really look at money. For me, when I wanted to leave my company and I wanted to go out on my own, I suddenly had to face the fact that I had fears around money. And what I actually started to kind of understand was I have beliefs that I'm not capable of making it on my own. I had fears that it would go away. I had a deeply held belief that nobody would pay me for my own dreams, right? They would only pay me if I was doing what the corporation wanted me to do. They wouldn't pay me for what I actually love to do, which is this. And all of that is a story because there are women who are paid to do this, Oprah being one of them. It is a story that I couldn't leave my company and start my own because there are plenty of people who leave their companies and start their own. So because we know that factually that there are all these people who have done what I wanted to do, then it really came down to the story I was telling myself. And the reason I wanted to get right with money is that I wanted to be able to do this. I wanted to be able to sit at a microphone for free and give you all the advice in the world. I wanted to be able to hold groups and programs for those of you who want to go deeper who want to heal at a deeper level, who want to create something even bigger, who want to really get out there with your dream, who want to really feel vibrant. Like I wanted to be able to create groups and programs and retreats that you would purchase. I wanted to be able to take women all over the world and feel that your own vibrancy and joy. That's why I do my Paris retreat and Italy retreat and Miami retreat. But for me to be able to leave my job and the quote unquote security of that, I had to feel as much security in money in my own hands as in my boss's or corporation's hands. Does that resonate? And listen, I also wanted money because I like to live. I like to go out and have a glass of wine with friends. I like to travel. Obviously, it's why I take women on retreats everywhere, but I also just like to travel. I like to go and have fun. Before I started doing retreats in Europe, I like to go to Europe every year. Remember, I bought myself a trip to France when I was 16. I love to travel. I want to save money for my son's college. That's important to me. So there are so many reasons for myself. I like getting massages. I get a massage once a month and I want to start doing acupuncture once a month so that every two weeks I'm doing something. And so it's like, I want money for a lot of things. And if you're anything like me, and like all of the women who are on that free masterclass and all of my clients, we have learned so many different stories about money. Maybe you learned that you shouldn't want it, right? Like if I ask you, what's your secret desire for money? Like it's just you and me here, okay? It's you, me, you're on your treadmill or you are in your car or you're doing dishes and you're listening to me. If you could just whisper in my ear your secret desire for why you want more money, like I'll tell you, I want a beach house. I want a big, beautiful, white beach house that has a big, old, wooden desk that I sit and I type at and I write while I watch the waves come in and out and I can write all sorts of books for you. And I want to see my child, my grandchildren, God willing one day, play on that beach. I want an ease, easeful life. And I want a boat. I want a fast boat. I want an easeful, slow life and a fast boat. 
And you know what else I want? I'm just going to be honest. Every freaking time I walk on an airplane, I want to sit in first class. I really, really, really want to sit first class. I like it. And I, I get upgraded and bumped there because I fly a lot. So that's great. And I'm so grateful. Thank you, American Airlines, for doing that. And I want to be able to pay for it more. And I want to give. I give money every month to a charity that helps to feed more kids. I'd love to up that. I have a nephew now with a brain tumor. And I want to give more to the Center for Research that's researching how to cure this. I have a father with Alzheimer's. I want to be able to give. I want to give more. I have a client who's just been through a horrific tragedy. A horrible, horrible tragedy. And I started a fundraiser for her so we could raise money for her to go back and be with her family through this. And I want to be able to give more. Right? So there are so many reasons, some that might seem quote-unquote selfish, like my boat, my beach house, to want money. And some that are for greater good. And so what if you just start feeling into, what's your secret desire for money? Like, what if you let yourself have a secret desire? Now, you might have all sorts of things come up with that because you have a story. And that's the next thing is to really start feeling into what is your own story around money? Right? Like, for me, I've told you my stories. Between my grandparents and where I grew up, money is scarce. Money doesn't grow on trees. You've got to save. Money is for other people. Money is for the beautiful people. We have to start getting clear on our story because in reality, money is just a metal coin or it's just a piece of paper. Now, our society has created a society where we can't live without it. I was at my nephew's graduation, my nephew who is fighting this insidious, horrible disease. And he graduated from college this weekend. It was so incredible. We were all there. It was so beautiful. It was just, it was just heaven. It was so good. Go Harley. Michigan State University rolled out the red carpet for him and for us and gave us the presidential suite to watch him. And they took him down to his seat. And my nephew, his younger brother, wheeled him in his wheelchair across the stage to get his diploma. It was incredible. It was incredible. And while we were at graduation, one of the speakers said, money doesn't buy you happiness, but not having money makes you miserable. <laughs> I wrote that down and put it on Facebook right away. Money doesn't make you happy but not having money makes you miserable. Dr. David Kelly, who's a professor at Michigan State, said that, and it's so true. That's because we need money to do the fun things that we want to do in this world. And every time we deny ourselves something that we really want, oh, you really, really, really want to go on that girls' weekend. You really, really, really want to join Year of Woman membership with me. Or you really, really, really want to come on my retreat to Paris but you deny yourself. You say, I can't, I can't. Well, every time you do that, what you're actually doing is you're shutting off a piece of your self-esteem. Because every time you say, I can't, it is telling yourself that you won't be able to figure out how to make it happen. I can't is a very definitive statement. I can't, period. As opposed to, I can't right now, which leaves the possibility I might be able to in the future. Or I can't yet, which says I'm going to in the future. I just can't at this moment. Or I can't in this current circumstance, let me figure out how. Now we're starting to put our brain into action. The whole reason that the law of attraction it works and is a thing, let me talk about the science behind the law of attraction. Because you know I love the science with my master's in positive psychology from UPenn. Brain research has been done that there is an 88% overlap between what you visualize in your head and what is actually happening. So if you visualize, when I visualize that beach house, 
certain parts of my brain, certain receptors go off. Well, those would be 88% overlap if I was actually standing in the beach house in terms of awareness centers and different centers of my brain. And so the reason that the law of attraction works from a scientific perspective is that when you begin to really believe that something is going to happen, your brain thinks it has already happened, and then your brain starts to say, how can I do that? There's actually been research done around the word hope. When you say, I'm hopeful that I'm going to get that job, what that does is kick your brain into gear to start looking at, well, how can I make that happen? What do I need to do? What are the possibilities? What are the strategies? What's the motivation I need? Versus if you say, I'm hopeless, your brain actually feels like it's helpless and shuts down and doesn't help you move forward. This is the brain science behind the law of attraction. Then there is the energetic piece that is harder to explain, but we do know that energy attracts energy. And so when you start to really feel into what is the story you've had around money, then you can start to really shift it. And this is called a money story. And I had to look at my own money story in order to really start making shifts to believe in myself to actually go out and leave my former job and create Purpose Girl and believe that the more I talk to you on this microphone, the more I'm going to earn and be able to take care of my family and continue to do a free service like this. Right? If you really deep down look at why do, we, why, why do we even care about money? I did this on the masterclass. It really came down to women saying two things, security and freedom. That money gave them a sense that, okay, I'm okay. We're taken care of. We have a roof over our head. I know that I can do the things I need to do. And if there's an emergency, I'm okay. Huh. And this is why I think a, a big part of my money story, and maybe you too, is as women, we learned from Disney movies that security comes from a rich prince on a white horse coming to save us, that we were going to be a spinster, stepdaughter, not taken care of poor, unless a man gave us that security. Now, here's the deal. It's not just in the Disney fairy tales. In the United States, women were not allowed to open bank accounts on their own without their husband's permission until the 1960s. In the UK, 1975. I was born in 1974, so what the actual fuck? Women couldn't open a bank account without their husband's permission in my lifetime? In the UK? And so the story that we all then carry is that we are not capable of handling money. We're not worthy of having money. We're not valuable. One of my clients, Adrian, brought this up yesterday, that that means that there was no value put on, there's no value put on women's lives. We're not valuable. So this is not only in our blood and the stories in our heads, but this is what our mothers grew up with and their mothers and their mothers that none of them could open a bank account on their own, that women weren't capable or worthy or deserving of it or able. And so it's like very deep. Research shows that trauma actually stays seven generations in your body. So this is like very deeply held in your unconscious or subconscious beliefs. But we get to change those beliefs, right? We may not see a lot of women with money, but we get to start changing those beliefs. And it's a huge thing to start changing your money story to really start looking at, is it true that women can't have money? Is it true that money is scarce? Is it true? No, it's not true. We have a distribution problem, not a quantity problem. We have a problem that as girls, we've been taught to, we have to get married to have the money. That's not true. 
There are plenty. Look at Oprah, Sarah Blakely of Spanx. It's not true. And if we want to teach the next generation differently, we have to start acting differently. So moving into our purpose power tips, we need to start shifting our money story. What is your money story? What did you learn? And start to shift it. You need to also really start to look at your relationship with money. If you've had this push, pull, love, hate relationship, if you've always said to money, there's never enough of you, there's not enough of you, you don't pay the bills, it would be something that you would say to like a deadbeat boyfriend or girlfriend or lover. You're never around. I can't stand you. No, I love you. No, I hate you. Well, that's not going to get us the money and the wealth that you desire. Right? Think about a relationship with a lover or a friend. Right? We want to shift how we start treating money. Right? So all of these, it's like we want to really, you want to start really identifying the old wounds that you've had with money, get to the deeper feeling, because that's what needs to be transmuted and set free here. Then you get to start really creating a love and romantic relationship with money. Like I do a little meditation and dance. I'll be going on my morning run and like, money loves me. Money wants to go into Shay's bank account for college and procreate and have little money babies and keep multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. Money wants to come to me because money has so much fun with me. I take money to France. I take money to help all these women. I take money to feed children. I take money to cure cancer. I take money and money has so much fun with me. So I will like make up like a song as I'm running, right? So it's like I have made love on money. No joke. Josh and I got a bunch of money out of the bank once, spread it all over our bed, and we made love on the money, having conversation, making love on the money. And that might sound ridiculous, or you might have just spit out your drink or like stopped on the treadmill like, what did she just say? It is changing our relationship with money. And there are a number of different steps, and I want to make sure I get to these. There are six steps to shift your relationship with money and to really create it in your life. Number one is looking at those power leaks that I mentioned at the beginning, identifying the roots of your money struggle and why you hold on to those old stories. Like I held on to the story that money made people bad because it made me feel better about myself. It was making up for a childhood lack. Number two is healing, right? So we need to heal old wounds from our mothers, fathers, grandparents, past generations, past lifetimes of all of the patriarchal stuff that's been put on women not being able to earn or have money. And there's a lot of healing. So right, number one is power leaks. Number two is healing process. Number three is creating safety and security with money, which we do when we actually start to identify and look at safety and security in your own value and your own worth. We know that typically the way that you are in relationship with money is the way that you actually are also in romantic relationships fear, lack, it's going to leave me, abandonment, anxious. And that's often how you feel about yourself. And you're going to hate me for saying this, but hopefully you love me. It's also how you feel about your own worth and your own value. And so step three is around building safety and security with your nervous system to regulate, to regulate your body and nervous system with money. Step four is to create what I call a queen story. This is where you really own your feminine worth and wealth as a woman. It's remembering your core worth. It's reclaiming your power. It's rising in that purpose and that wealth. Step number four is now to start having fun and playing with desires and destiny. 
and really having fun, like my money song about, because money goes where she's loved and adored and really aiming around money. And then we can get into step six, which is really around the balance of earning and saving and that you have every right to ask your worth whether you have your own business, you work for someone else. This is about being visible, being in your truth, speaking up for yourself, going for what you want, asking for what you want, being irresistible. And those are the six steps. Let me go through them again. Number one is getting clear on your power leaks. Number two is healing, healing lifetimes. Number three, safety and security. Number four, your feminine worth and wealth. Number five, your desires and destiny. And number six is earning, earning your worth. And these six steps put you on that path to that security and that freedom. And with those six steps, then getting the support and the help, whether that's support and help with a financial advisor, support and help with a therapist, support and help from someone like me. One of the things I'm super excited about right now is I have just announced a new class called Money Magic. It is the path to security and freedom. It is six weeks where each week we go through one of these modules. Plus, I'm bringing in guest experts, financial planners who help with investments and savings. I'm going to be doing a whole module on what's called sex magic, where we'll be doing the thing about making love to ourselves around money. Don't worry, no one's going to see you on camera, but it's an ancient ritual. And it's so fun and so exciting. And so if I've given you enough to work with, amazing, go for it. But if all this turns you on and you want to go deeper, go to karenrockheim.com forward slash money magic. We start June 1st, 2023, depending on when you listen to this, and we can go deeper and deeper and deeper into every single step. And whether you join that class or you don't, go through these steps. Do the exercises that I gave you. Get clear on your money story. Start to heal it for yourself, for past generations, and sister, for future generations, so that your kids have a different sense about money and their own worth and their own value and their own capability to create it and have it and redistribute it. That's what we're talking about here, redistributing it so that the whole world rises in love and in equity. And that's how we change the world, one woman at a time. With that, my love, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. Again, if you want to get the Living on Purpose guide, go to purposegirl.com and you can download it for free. You also want to be in the Purpose Girls Facebook group right now because we are in the process of changing the name and getting all sorts of feedback. And I'm giving people lattes for giving their feedback. So you want to make sure you are joining that Purpose Girls Facebook group. The name will change very soon along with this podcast name. Find me on Instagram at Karen Rockhind or on Facebook at Karen Rockhind. Send me your ideas for what I should call this podcast and what topics you want me to cover because everything's about to change so that I can create even more and even better for you as a woman. With that, my love, may you live purposefully, may you love yourself, and may you love life. Bye for now.